I did the <sighs> fucking sickest thing I've ever Fuck. done. Dude, the fact that there's not video is good, but also, but oh. Poetry in motion. Poetry in motion. That was the most athletic thing Explain I've ever it. seen in my Thank life. Thank you. Can you pause? Oh, pause. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> that is now the next word on the street. What can they do? What are they doing? <laughs> How's the catharsis? Gotta say. <clears throat> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Who's that? All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Outcast, you idiot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, <laughs> a midday recording is freaky. I want to mm-hmm. get that out of the this way. This is crazy. It is freaky. And I it's think... It's like a breakfast recording. It is different, though, because during the day, you have a million things you need to do mm-hmm. and get done. And so, your brain is, like, focused on those things. When we record at night, it's kind of like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And it's like we get yeah. to relax into it. And it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Also... We're both experiencing technical difficulties because the microphones just don't sound quite as good as they usually do. I'm worried. No, it sounds fine. It's it's nothing for us. <clears throat> the listener won't know the difference. Yeah. We will. We will. <laughs> we'll but know. I recently don't know what I'm talking about. Hmm. Um, Jordan and I, with friends, went and saw Maggie Rogers this week, and it was fucking it was amazing. Amazing! It was so good. Good lord! Have you seen her before when she came? No, you. No, I didn't. I missed out on her when she was at the bowl. Um, In like 2019, I, right? Yeah, I had an opportunity to go, and I think I had like work come up or something. Yeah, and I was so bummed because everyone was like, "That was a fantastic show." It was. And so when Kelly Shade Wire <laughs> <laughs> bought these tickets for me for my birthday. Um, I was like, <gasps> redemption, redemption. It's and funny. Wow. Because you yeah. have a birthday right around Bridget when mm-hmm. Bridget has a birthday and I got Bridget tickets for her birthday <laughs> and we all ended up getting to go. Mm-hmm. But I was driving down today, blasting Maggie Rogers. And I was thinking a lot about this after the recording and I knew, I mean, after the show and I knew you and I would want to talk about it and dive into these things. But there is this crazy thing that happens at live music. This can happen at art shows and stuff too, but personally, like I don't go to art shows, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can only put it in the context I understand, but there's this like collective moment of inspiration and it's so interconnected to everyone around you and you're, you get so grateful for life and so excited and mm. so inspired it's just it's so inspiring to watch someone do what they're meant to do yeah and to like to be in the presence of someone who can control a room like that is so cool um i think you said it best like collectively um all of us were appreciating this person's gifts um at the same time yeah it's a shared experience Mm -hmm. and there was a song that she has on her new album that you were saying like this was the song that was going to make you cry (laughs) and it's called titled horses Mm -hmm. on her surrender album so i really highly suggest anyone go listen to it after we have this listen to the whole podcast first (laughs) um then rate and review us like us share it and then go listen go listen to (laughs) Rogers album. (laughs) but there's this she has this uh, this whole theme of this song is like when she sees horses running wild Mm -hmm. she wishes just for a second she could know what that feels like Mm -hmm. and if she were to run would you go with her you know Mm -hmm. and it's like it's this leap of faith of like she talks about how there's this interconnection like in my opinion this is what the song is about there's this intersection sectionality about dreams and who you want to be and where you usually end up 
is in in between mm-hmm. what you really want and what you really need and so it's like that it just gives me the chills to think about that like when we have ambition and think about like who we could be where we end up usually is like where we need to be mm-hmm. not always like what we want right yeah it was just uh it's so cool it's i think you're right and the idea of like chasing after like an something that you're normally inhibited by or the idea of giving into impulse and like experiencing something pure um is in itself like really cool like do Um, you have the courage to even take the leap yeah and then go yeah and then like you said the second part of that in that like being able to bring someone with you um or knowing someone who loves you so much that they would want to be a part of that too or like to have that symmetry with someone is like so cool and so yeah it's just a beautiful song i think she's an excellent songwriter her Um, songs have so much depth mm -hmm. and emotion so i i also want to have a conversation too and i've talked a little bit about this with cody on the podcast but jordan's new and i'd love to hear his experience with music of how you discover music Mm -hmm. has so much to do with how you digest it and experience it and what relationship you have to it mm-hmm. because music is like don't they say that smells the like the strongest sense that can bring you back to a time and place like nostalgia memories For like sure, yeah. smell is so important music is that same exact way mm-hmm. when you listen to old songs you can think about like jordan does trivia now at uh, topa thompson on monday nights <laughs> from 6 30 to 8 and uh he just recently did this round where you're playing like blink 182 oh songs gosh, yeah. and fallout boy and all american rejects and i just was like dying listening to these songs because i remember trying to be so cool and <laughs> wanting to be a part because when you are a part when you love music like someone else loves music you're instantly like a part of that friendship you're instantly in that group you're instantly cool or whatever you have an in with people yeah when you share music taste it's that yeah it it brings people together in such a cool way um i feel like whenever i start a job um and i'm like getting to know my coworkers. yeah my first question is always like what kind of music do you listen to and then you have something to talk about because like even if it's not the same which oftentimes it is um even if it's not you get to like share something that's special to you and it's like really approachable too because it's music yeah i would say my first question when i start a job is i have always been a tv person and i think it screams <laughs> volumes what tv you watch and i'm usually the first question usually out of my mouth is do you like seinfeld and i don't know why that's my gauge for mm-hmm. where i can like that's your with humor yeah. and stuff i'm like where can we go what well, right because if- what can we do because mm-hmm. <laughs> if if i'm not doing bits I think Jordan and I are very similar like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we live off bits. It's just strictly, like, bit it's all bit. callbacks or, <laughs> like, we don't, I don't actually say anything original. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> I'm just referencing something TV quotes. that someone much smarter than me, <laughs> oh, or yeah. what, much funnier than me, oh, yeah. one time said. Asa says my claim to fame is just riding on his coattails. Like, I just say what Asa says louder, and that's what gets me by in life. Like, he's just so <laughs> he's funny. He's ghostwriter. Yeah, he is my ghostwriter. He gives me a lot of ideas. You know who's my new ghostwriter, for, though, is Cody for this podcast. <laughs> he keeps giving me ideas and topics, and I'm like, oh my god. I'm going to take that. We have a note later I want to talk about it. And it's Cody's. Um, I found back to the conversation of how I found Maggie Rogers, which is very important to me. Mm. I grew up very influenced by my sister and my best friend, Kelsey and my parents mm-hmm. with it, when it comes to music. And so that really shaped, I never found music on my own. Like I know people like, of course I had LimeWare and I was downloading stuff, but it was all just like, Oh my, my friend was listening to this and now I'm going to listen to this. Right. And it was very much 
trying to catch whatever these people had because people who have good taste in music have this like aura they're just so special and so i just was like if i just keep listening to what they listen to maybe (laughs) i'll be cool (laughs) maybe one day i'll be cool guys it hasn't happened um and so and then when i met asa and his friends like so heavily influenced by other people i Mm -hmm. always have been and i'll own that like i don't care i'm not original never have been never will be but uh (laughs) i was reading an npr uh article in like 2017 maybe 2018 and they're they wrote about how maggie rogers was working with pharrell and pharrell Mm -hmm. was like obsessed with her and was like god she's so fucking good and so i listened to her and so like this is an artist that i through and through found on my own and I've just been so excited about from like day one. And I remember thinking that she was like, for me, because I've talked about this before with other friends too, is that I never allowed myself to listen to pop music. Mm-hmm. Not fully. Like, of course I listened to like Kesha and like all that shit, but I never thought it was like good. You didn't it like was, seek it out. Mm-hmm. It was guilty pleasure music <laughs> that you listen to in groups and like you kind of laugh at and that's funny. Like ironically listening to pop music. Exactly. <laughs> And I was like, Maggie Rogers makes good pop music that I'm proud of, that I would play in front of people, that I could play in front of Asa, that I could play in front of Mm -hmm. anyone and not feel like shameful for liking this Mm -hmm. music. And so it's just been such a cool thing. And I also think she makes good. Well, now I would say she's more like indie, indie rock pop. She's definitely like definitely leaning towards rock more, I feel like. Yeah. But um, she speaks from her fucking heart, man. She wears it on her sleeve. It's it crazy. She does. Yeah. No, uh, have you seen that video of her in uh, Pharrell's masterclass? Um, it it went viral like a while ago. Um, but it's literally Pharrell at the I think it's NYU's like School of Music or something. Um, maybe Juilliard or something. But um, he's sitting in this class with all these kids, and um, they're taking turns like. They're taking turns, like, um, presenting demos for him yeah, of music yeah. that they've been writing. And one of them's Maggie Rogers. And she's this, like, shy college student yeah. who is like, um, I actually, like, took a long break from making music. Um, I was, like, in a rut creatively. And then she, like, spent a lot of time out in the wilderness and hiking and in Alaska. And yeah. she ended up finding all these new sounds and this new beauty. And then all of a sudden, she just couldn't stop writing music. Um, it's a really cool clip. I, I have haven't. To show it to I you. haven't seen it. It's no. so cool. But then um, you see, like, she shows Pharrell this song that she's been working on, and it's Alaska, and um, it's just so cool because a you see Pharrell's eyes like literally light up. Like he's been listening to all these other demos the entire day, and all of a sudden you can tell like off of the first like beat, the first measure. He's like, this is different. Yeah. And he gets really excited. And Maggie's like so nervous. She's like, like side glancing at Pharrell to see how he's like taking in this music. She's like kind of mouthing some of the words like with it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like all she's listened to for the past yeah, however long she'd been course. writing it. Right. Mm-hmm. She's presenting to it and she's so nervous and it's so good. And it was cool because at the end of it, Pharrell's like, A, just like shocked. And he's like so, so excited by her music and he was like basically he was so excited because she has this way and we felt it at the concert and you 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 can hear it in her music of i guess being vulnerable enough to um find the sound that is you and to do something that is a new idea basically he was saying like all of us no matter who we are have the creativity and the the ability um to do something 
that is so uniquely us that it can like give something to other people yeah. right like we all have that in us but a lot of us lack the vulnerability or the humility to like pursue that and to sit and to sift through um all of the other stuff yeah. to get to like our true self and he was just so excited because he heard her heart like in this song yeah. it was just really cool um highly recommend watching it um i feel like we should like link it i know on the i want to watch that um, yeah it's really cool it's pretty funny because <laughs> at the end he's like wow wow like just like so psych but people have dubbed it with different songs oh. so it'll be like she'll be like um it still needs some tuning up but i've been working on this for a long time and it's like Darude sandstorm and at the end he's like wow <laughs> well i mean i don't think i have to tell you what a fucking musical genius pharrell is exactly, just go look yeah. at anything he's fucking produced or he's put his hands touch. on yeah, i mean exactly. come on it's unreal mm-hmm. he was recently seen in ojai with childish gambino and i'm like put that make that whatever that is <laughs> We want. (laughs) (laughs) We want. Yeah. And I would just say, too, like we were talking about it after the concert. Like it's so cathedral. Mm -hmm. It's so spiritual. It's something you can really fucking grasp. Like in that moment, it is. I, and I think this is where it comes down to. Like in that moment, I had blind faith. Mm -hmm. I had faith that, like, I'm going to be okay, that I'm going to do good things, Mm -hmm. that I can do good things, that the love I have for the people around me is important and endless. Mm-hmm. And gosh, it just makes you so it, you can, it's like seeing color. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you see things. I think there's so much value in like, and just going back again to the like collective experience of that. I think, yeah, I mean, it helped that like that room was gorgeous. It was like the shrine on USC's campus and it's got this old like sconces and this giant chandelier and like fabric everywhere. And it felt like a cathedral, like a church. Um, and then you have this spiritual experience yeah. of collectively feeling safe and entertained and also just like passionate about the things that everyone else is feeling in that moment it's really cool um yeah i've been lucky to see a lot of live music lately mm-hmm. and i'm just like fuck i've never been that person that's like you know you you meet these people that like you just have to see live music like live music is fucking it mm-hmm. and it is yeah it it's, so is it's like so there's cool. nothing like it that can like get you tuned up get you in the right mind and it's so powerful it's yeah. so powerful but also that night was so much fun bridget and i were in true form <laughs> Which is straight up shenanigans. Her and I together are like me and Jordan too, where it's just like a light has been lit and we will continue to like <laughs> one it up. And so you Bridget- know when, uh, you hold two ping pong paddles and then you throw the ball in between <laughs> yeah. and you push them together and it gets more and more fast. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, yeah. like, let's see where we can take this thing. Yeah. Uh, Bridget and I, I got us tickets that were straight up nosebleeds, but even in the sh- shrine, like it, everything was, mm-hmm. you could see everything mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous, but straight nosebleeds and we didn't even we never not once went to our section <laughs> not once we we've like randomly ran into you guys getting drinks which is wild which is amazing and uh we weren't in the same section so we were like we're bridget was like do you want to go down and see if we can get better seats and i said absolutely <laughs> you're talking to the man like yeah. <laughs> of course uh i wear my tall white privilege uh strongly in these scenarios <laughs> where i'm like i will just if i walk confidently and flirt with someone i think i can do anything like i'm a I god think you can do anything too you know and so i took that energy and we went down and these people aren't even checking shit so it was pretty cool like mm-hmm. they don't care yeah. <laughs> they really don't they just don't want you to like cause a scene obviously right <laughs> but i'm like i'm gonna go to the pit and she's like okay there's someone standing there i'm like i'm just gonna flirt with him and play dumb 
and we go down there this guy couldn't care less you know <laughs> he just points to his wrist and i go oh we need a wrist oh we need to get our wristbands and he's like yeah you need to get your wristbands i was like i'm gonna go get it psych there's no wristband <laughs> and so we're walking around and we see this row like right in front of the sound guys which is always a pretty decent like center row Dude, amazing spot. right in front of the sound guy is literally the best you, seat in the house where you want to be there's no one behind you besides right. the sound guy fuck them and <laughs> they've seen the show so they, they know what's happening uh so Bridget and I are sitting down there for a while and they're like, she's getting through her set and I've been texting you guys nonstop. <laughs> you were blowing us up. I know. And I told Bridget, I was like, I think I'm doing too much. I think I've gone too far. And she was like, no, you need to take that confident privilege you have and go get them and bring them here because like we just got away with it. But I think it's because we're cute white girls and I think you need to go get them. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, and it was a song I wasn't super familiar with. I ran up like three flights of stairs faster than anything. And I was like, what does this look like? I just got out of a good section and I'm sprinting upstairs. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know when you think people care about what you're doing? They don't give a damn. No one saw me. No one cares. No one fucking cares. Oh, she's yeah. running. She's weird. Who cares? Moving on. There's weirder things going on. There's a thousand people here. You're chilly. <laughs> yeah. So I went and found you guys. Mm -hmm. We came down. I did. This is <gasps> fucking sickest thing I've ever Fuck. done. Dude, the fact that there's not video is good, but also... But oh poetry in motion poetry that was motion. the most athletic thing Explain i've ever it. seen in my life thank you thank you thank you um so we're going down three three flights of stairs i think on the second one is when you decided yes. it was time it's time um, dude it was like 25 stairs i would say let's say 30 i'll call it 30 i was being generous uh or not generous conservative you're being conservative with 25. With so let's say it was 30 like steps. 30 steps with a handrail hand going all the way down and i think the people are starting to track with what is about to happen. You locked in. You're like, it's, I think you literally said, said it's my moment. <laughs> <laughs> you caught on the freaking rail. Did you have a drink in your hand? No, I okay. wish. Well, you got on the rail, side saddle, side like saddle, and you, you sent down Dude, that rail. Like, it you was were like, flying. I was going at least 10 miles per hour, 15 miles per hour at one point. I mean, you you went from top of the stairs to bottom in like three seconds. <laughs> and like, I landed perfectly. well. Perfectly. Oh, yeah. You I stuck the landing. stuck that shit. <laughs> 10 out of 10, like all across the board. It was so cool. Thank you. The, it was the velocity that really had me because I was like, anyone was can like scoot down a rail. Okay. And usually you do because mm -hmm. these days they're like sticky or they're not the right material. I try. I do. I mm -hmm. am. I always try a handrail. I'm not gonna lie; it's kind of embarrassing. You committed. Oh, and oh, it was gorgeous. I had my legs up. I don't know, guys. Mm -hmm. It was stunning. It and was something that could have gone so poorly, too. Like you could have. That would have been the end of the and night. That is my brand. <laughs> you guys were all sitting around, like, yeah, she's gonna follow. That's her thing. She'll get up. It's fine. Um, no, I. That's a high. I don't think I'll ever have again. Now, I played a lot of sports, mm -hmm. and I've done a lot of things in my life. I've sold out at pottery sales. Come on. Nothing gets close to that handrail <laughs> slide. That's the high you're chasing. I, now, if I ever go to a show there again, do I try to do it again? No, I no. think that was a one-off. Okay, yeah. Good call. Good Careful, call. Icarus. You know? <laughs> Flies too high. Yeah, uh, that was... And you know what? It wasn't videoed, but I do have three witnesses. Well, that and that was the moment, too. So, like, first of all, would never have gone to the floor level if you hadn't come and gotten us. First of all, we were like super cozy. Up in, I, honestly, there was a conversation that was at. We were like, I love concerts. I have never been in a situation where it was seated and we were so high up, but we could see everything. And yeah. so we were like, 
shit, I'm going to kick the beat up a little bit. That's, yeah, I get I'm enjoying that. the show. It was a slower song. You I was were like, like this whatever. Was like, it was a really good experience. Um, that said, like, so glad you came up for us. You came and got us. And I was already like, oof, I was critically aware of my lack of privilege. And so I was like, might get stopped. It's all good. I'm just going to, we're going to go for it. And worst case scenario, someone tells you no, right? Right. And so <laughs> I'm like a little nervous though. And then you go, guys, it's my moment. You slide down 30 steps on a handrail. And I was like, oh, we'll be okay. <laughs> we can do anything. I was like, everything is possible. And you know what else was a good decision? There was one more flight of stairs and I didn't hand roll it again. You know what I mean? Like at that point, I was like, you have to take what you got here. Satisfied. Because if I fall, we're losing confidence now. (laughs) Yeah. We were so Like I could not, I can't explain to you the like magnetism you had. I literally, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I was just like, I, I remember thinking, I was like, I physically, if I'm just physically near Steph right now. I won't get in trouble. And so I was like on your shoulder and we walked through the doors. She's the coolest girl in school. No one's going to stop her. (laughs) I was like, maybe they'll just think I'm her shadow. (laughs) You could go and be so lucky. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that was too much fun. It was perfect. And Uh, then, yeah, we got in the floor. We had a whole row to ourselves. No one in that row. So that row was completely empty and it got full. But I asked everyone in that row, did you have tickets for this row? And everyone said no. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I love this for us. It was so good. Yeah, it was lovely. So She's a rock star. She has so much presence. Okay, but there was a moment <gasps> that changed my life. <laughs> I know exactly what you're gonna say. She is touring with a band called Delwater Gap. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think it's just one. Well, it's a guy in his band. Right. His name is Holden. Guys, he's <laughs> holding my heart. Um, <laughs> they they have a they have a few songs together, but mm-hmm. they played their song called New Song together. It was so... There's a cameraman on stage so that back behind them mm-hmm. has, like, scenes of them. And they put a cute little fucking Instagram filter on it. And it was grainy and beautiful and almost black and white, but not quite. I think it was, like, sepia. Are we allowed to Thank say sepia? You. Yes, yeah. but not as intense. Can we do a sepia? It was a light sepia. And Jordan and I <sighs> were losing our minds because it was the most cinematic... I was like, are they going to fuck? And if they do, I'm here for... Like, like I literally so, thought I they were that. just going to start banging. It was so cute. And, not like, not insinuating they're together or anything, but the chemistry... The chemistry. It was just like raw chemistry. Yeah. This is what, and I'm like, this is why I date a musician too. I get, like, I always thought like the musician thing was stupid. Like everyone's (laughs) like, oh my God, a musician. Obviously saying that sounds stupid because I'm with a musician. You're in a band. But I was just like, first of all, listening to live music in general, I'm always like, I love Asa so much. And then I'm always like, everyone I'm with, I'm like, God, I love you guys so fucking much. It (laughs) heightens everything for me. (laughs) It like reestablishes my love for life and then i'm watching them and i just i could my face hurt from smiling <laughs> you and i were just like zoned in on them jaw dropped the camera the, they would like fade the two shots of them oh. so that their faces were like facing each other on the screen behind them oh. and they do they're friends they're buddies they're mm-hmm. having fun they're telling secrets they're playing instrumental parts and they they're talking like to each, at each other, each other a little bit there's glances oh. so i felt like i was watching one of my romantic novels mm-hmm. unfolding right on stage <laughs> or will they won't they would you uh, I hope they will. And he, I got to say, I didn't get to see his set. I saw mm. some of his music, at the, like his last song, which is really popular at the end. Mm-hmm. He has such a stage presence. Mm-hmm. He, has, he was really good. As an opener, it's so hard. Um, I was joking. That I think it's always funny that an opener has to set up their band within the bounds of oh, the I know. band's it's setup. It's so tough. So yeah. like, it's like a little baby band mm-hmm. in front. But... 
He owned that shit. He was running around he stage. He was kneeling at one point. I was kneeling at one point. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, no, he was fantastic yeah. and like really, really good. And it was like while well, people were walking into the venue. Yeah. Like people right. were standing no up talking and yet. stuff. But he, A, got everyone like locked in and B, was able to just like... Ugh. Yeah, it was really cool. Okay, you know what was so embarrassing and also really <laughs> funny? Okay, so Bridget and I relate. Classic. <laughs> uh, and when you go to a venue like this, that's pretty big and like a lot of people are going, the parking's a nightmare. You usually try to, if you can think it out and plan in advance, <laughs> you you find a city street that's like a few blocks or five, five, five blocks is comfortable. You're mm-hmm. like, we can walk that. It's comfortable. Five blocks is comfortable when it's not three degrees. I know. <laughs> it's been cold. Basically. So we're driving through this neighbor. It's one street away. It's literally a block Prime from the time. venue. And there's this teeny tiny little spot. And I said, if I, you know, when you were par- trying to parallel park and you wish your wheels could just turn and you could like mm-hmm. fit right in. Walk in. Yeah. And I told Bridget, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. She's like, I don't think you're even allowed to park here. And I was like, well, I'm doing I, my whole nights my whole thing all night was like what are they gonna do i was about to say I and now energy. i'm starting to realize that there was a series of events that built up to yes, this moment thank you i had a i had a hubris that uh-huh. was just climbing yeah it was climbing, to the point where like climbing. if it had kept going we would be in a oh yeah we kind of were in a dangerous <laughs> because then we're going to a gas station after oh and i said God. i'm going and yeah. i just cut across like two lanes of traffic mm-hmm. and it was crazy anyways anyways so i i do this insane terrible it's amazing because I get into the spot somehow, but to stay in the spot, I have to be so slanted because my car doesn't quite fit in it. It's literally not a spot. <laughs> it's not a spot. And there's this car right behind me. And I'm like, so none of these cars are going to get out because I've fucked everyone <laughs> over. And I'm so excited. I'm George Costanza in Seinfeld talking about his parking spot at the hospital saying, isn't that amazing? And then do you know that scene? Do you know that episode? Is that where they can't find the car? No, it's where or... the guy jumps off the roof of the hospital and lands on <laughs> his, car. his car. It's so sad, but it's so funny because the whole time George is talking about how amazing his fucking car spot is. So I'm George costanza everybody. I'm high on life mm-hmm. i got this park that's probably what started the confidence i think it is that's what i'm saying that was the first nothing like a good parking spot. so i can't get over it i'm talking this parking spot up like it's nobody's <laughs> yeah, the business first thing we, you okay. say is like i just parked the shit out of that car you guys we're one block away this is nuts like this yeah. doesn't happen okay <laughs> nothing ever works out for me and this uh, everything's coming up millhouse you know uh-huh. and so i we're leaving and i'm like god you guys i'm walking faster than i've ever walked so that we can go see the car before the other people pull out i said like i want to get there before they leave and to my dismay it's now a tesla parked behind me and there's someone got it there's two feet there's like two feet behind my car it's parked all fucking weird that's the best part is you're hyping it up we get there and there is like ample room oh yeah and you were 45 degrees See, off of the this is what's upsetting we were late so i didn't take a photo and mm-hmm. i wanted an ac even asked for a photo and i was like i'll get one on the way back Psych. so we get there and there's it's this tesla it's still a tight spot though it was like yeah now what you wouldn't have seen before was that like i was basically touching two bumpers before you know and now we're getting out and i tapped the tesla because i was like oh oops and i know they have that on video because i think they do right like when yeah. people get and close peeled out of there i was like Skirt! later uh yeah i have i do have confidence in driving that scares people sometimes but we got home no yeah we crushed it um the troops got home safe. we were alive yeah. <laughs> it was a little touch and go for a second there, but <laughs> but god the excitement i had about that car mm. parking spot and you know what i stand by it because it was so close to the venue that's the thing like pr- real estate pure real estate <sighs> Oof. 
A plus. Pure joy. Um, we have other notes. We're like 30 <laughs> minutes in and we're still talking about... I just needed to talk... That whole story was so I could talk about my parking spot. <laughs> I don't care about anything mm. else. I just want to talk about my parking spot. Okay. We do need to talk about Disneyland. I didn't talk about it with Sam. Oh, yeah. You went to Disneyland, right? You're not happy for me. I can hear that in your voice. Said, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. No, so, I just haven't been since I was in eighth grade. And um, you don't need to go. And I'm sure it's the same experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I went for my cousin Amanda's birthday. And I got to tell you guys, you clearly know I'm not a fucking Disney person. I don't know how much more clear I could have made it in the last five years or whatever <laughs> I've been doing this that I don't like Disney and I don't like Disneyland. However... My, it was my cousin's birthday and I will do anything for those women. Mm-hmm. Anything. And not to mention, I didn't get invited because they were like, she wouldn't want to go. So I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I'll show them. Joke's on you. I'm going to go. I'm going to have a go to fuck- Disneyland for the bit? <laughs> Literally, Jordan, I went for the bit. And guess what? It paid off. Mm-hmm. The second I got to her house, she had no idea I was coming. She just stared at me. The bit paid off so fast. <laughs> she cried. She said, I can't believe you're going to Disneyland. You're going to Disneyland all day. Even as we're entering Disneyland, I can't believe you're here. I said, me either. Is this real? <laughs> Can I tell you how long we were there at the park? Take a Can guess. Can I guess? Yeah. yeah. Um, what time did you get there? Let's talk hours. Uh, did you get there open? Uh, when does it open? No, we got there at like 1130. 11.30. Um, were you there till the evening? I was there for 12 hours. <gasps> we left the Disneyland parking lot at 1130. Did you catch the fireworks? At night. Here's the thing. Were there fireworks? And this is, this is a beef that I laid out. No, I didn't lay it out because I was being peachy. Yeah. For 12 hours at Disneyland. I was being a joy to be around. That's I can't really pull that off for like four hours on my na- normal daily life. <laughs> However, for 12 hours at Disneyland, I was a perfect fucking princess. Lovely. And I was so lovely and nice and happy. And uh, so we were staying for fireworks. Mm-hmm. I said, cool. That's a goal. That is that is a time and space I can wrap my head around. <laughs> okay. So I'm being very dictatorshiply. We're eating snacks on like Disneyland. And I'm like, you guys, we can do one more ride before the fireworks. Think about it. Mm-hmm. There's only a 30 minute wait. They have these apps. I'm like there's only a 30 minute wait at this. Then we'll be primed and ready to see the, the fireworks. And then we can get the fuck out. You know, like, <laughs> let's get on with it. So we do this ride. It's super fucking fun. The rides are fun. I yeah, hate to say it. Fun now, when, when you wait 85 <laughs> yeah. minutes in line, 85 minutes in line fucking hell i feel like that's fast too for mm, disneyland yeah it's crazy so we do that and then i'm like cool it's firework time and all bets are off we have to go do cars because fireworks are fireworks all of a sudden mm-hmm. all of a sudden fireworks don't matter and i'm like this whole day has been about staying for the fireworks <laughs> so we go do cars super fun and cars land I got emotional because my nephew is obsessed with Cars, the movie, and my dad has watched it with him like a million times. So I was taking taking so many pictures and stuff and I was like so excited to do it because I wanted him to know his aunt was in Cars Land. (laughs) And uh, the the rides are fun. Mm -hmm. I was... I've never been to Cars Land. We did single rider. You can do a single rider line where they just stick you because it's like an odd number. Uh It's six to a car. And I was with these teenagers, you guys. (laughs) My God. You know when you're allowed when you're a teenager to be because you can be loud mm-hmm. because you're expected to be obnoxious you're yeah. expected to be annoying like they were just screaming to hear themselves talk and then I hear they've been on this ride like four times but they're still screaming I'm like okay, oh, oh no. my god it's so performative but whatever <laughs> but it was so much fun and we did have a blast but I was there and this is what's upsetting is like I was there for twelve hours and only did eleven miles. 
Like that's low numbers for Disneyland. Really, I feel like I've done 11 miles at work. Right. In like those, five hours. Those aren't heavy numbers. And that's <laughs> yeah. because we rode 10 rides in 12 hours. There's a lot of standing. Woo! Your standing time was 11 hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> right. It took about three days to recover. Uh-huh. And I'm never going back. Did you get drinks? Did you get drunk? No. <laughs> I was like, so you did stoned. That so- okay, well, that's kind of fun. It was so fun. Is it fun or is there too many people? I feel like I'd be no. kind of scared. No, 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 no. <clears throat> like a low level for me, like I was just popping twos here mm-hmm. and there. Just a little just cruising a, altitude. Just, I needed that. And then also I drank more caffeine than I've ever drank in my whole life. And then <laughs> coming down. <laughs> soon after that, I was like, I'm never drinking caffeine again. And I have not had caffeine since that weekend i'm trying not to at least it ruins my life but yeah so disneyland was crazy i'm i really feel like i let the goobers down by going but also i see the appeal for disney adults the only issue was that we went on a friday i'm Mm. like if you hit a tuesday and like the lines are like 30 minutes each oh yeah i could see it because we did space mountain it's a roller coaster that's pitch black and it has little stars on the ceiling Uh i was like i'm gonna be beheaded (laughs) And that was, I think it's because I was stoned too, but I was like, yeah. I'm so tall. I'm going to be beheaded. Like there wasn't like six feet. There should be a height limit. Come on, this. on guys. Well, what's funny is I was on there, there one time. There was a guy time. six, five ahead of me and I wasn't worried about him. I was on there and the lights came on and no. the illusion was gone. Was You're kind of close to the, well, everything's gray. I think from what I remember, everything's gray. Uh, and how dare they? There's that's some the stuff that's wall. like kind of close to the, well, it broke down. We were like. In Space Mountain. Oh, you're right. <laughs> well, yeah, my cousin was putting her hands up on a different oh, roller coaster, no. and she was in front of me, and my cousin next to me, Sam, was dying of laughter because the whole time I was screaming, put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands up, <laughs> terrified out of my mind. Put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands down. I was like, you're going to lose those. Uh-huh. You need your hands. You need there's your just, hands. It's not that there's a lot of stories of people being decapitated on roller coasters, but, but there the are stories are there, of people being decapitated right, on roller coasters. Right. That's too many stories. I know. I listened to a true crime podcast about mm-hmm. a, uh, what are they called? Amusement park? Can you imagine like going to a, let's say a concert and someone was like, hey, there's a chance you could get, like someone's been decapitated at a concert before. Wrong. I would not go. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. Now, do you find yourself extremely risk averse? Risk averse. What's adverse meaning again? Adverse? Like, like you're not, avoiding it? I don't... Oh, okay. Not like likely. Um, no. No, like, I Like, are you going to skydive risk. ever? Yes. You'll skydive? Uh-huh. But you're upset about the beheadings at amusement parks. I'm just parks. saying, like, the fear is rational. Okay, 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 okay. And the fact I, I that think you're validating afraid. me. Yeah, I am. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, you should have a little bit of fear is what you're saying. Yeah, because... It's healthy. It's a thing where some people get... It's... Decapitated. It's called... Decapitated. 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 It's called... Um, what is Darwin's survival of the fittest? Yeah. If you're not a little weary, mm-hmm. you're probably... You're see, probably that is the issue. A lot well, of you wouldn't be know. around. I'm a, I'm not a little weary, and I just make it, which I think is just reinforcing my reckless abandonment okay. in life. You're young. Uh, <laughs> you're so young. young. And I, you know, I'm aware that I have individuals looking out for me at, like, most parts of my life yes i know we're blessed (laughs) blessed with the best Mm -hmm. so i think this is a really good segue opportunity to actually two things after we talk with blair we're gonna talk about your first girlfriend (gasps) yes so blair do your thing (sighs) all right blair we're back 
We are and back. And I know that the story just keeps unfolding. Every week there is a new drama. It is literally like a soap opera. Yeah. Though. But I mean, I was just talking to somebody the other day and he was like, literally, I'm watching this instead of Yellowstone. Like, <laughs> I watch on YouTube because the drama is there. Yeah. At every meeting there's a new dramatic turn of events and you have us all on the edge of our seats here oh at top talk i love it i'm very so glad exciting. everybody's fascinated because it's yes it's just crazy it's absolutely bad shit yeah absolutely bad shit so anyway we had another meeting surprise surprise every week there's a fucking meeting <laughs> so we had another meeting this one was specifically supposed to be about financial cuts that the district needs to make because there has been so many decisions made and none of them with numbers, none of them showing a budget, none of them saying, here's how we're cutting, here's how we're making these, because we all know that cuts come, cuts need to be made. We need to make $3 million worth of cuts. Yeah. VCOE is saying we need to cut $3 million. Yeah. And at the end of the last episode, it felt very much like we are making decisions out of order. Correct. So now it sounds like this meeting is focusing on making cuts, which maybe should have been the first focus. Um, thanks. Okay. Thanks. That's what <laughs> you you are, are voicing the exact feeling of so many people in the community going okay. and which was also voiced during the times before even the configuration plans had been like flushed out in the town she was having um the superintendents were having like these town hall meetings right and everybody's like cool but like you gonna close some schools how much money are you gonna save what does it look like da, da, da. and they were always saying well that's contingent on what we actually decide because the configurations save different amounts of money which i do get but whatever so this is all about finances right so the meeting opens with um basically a report from our financial babysitter, Eva Luke, and she has gone through our budgets, revenues, all of this, finally, finally, thank you, Eva, since 2019. And she wants, she's showing us in these forms the differences between each year and where you can see where certain pots you got more money, certain parts, pots you had less money, certain areas you had more expenses than the years previously and certain, you know, whatever. So um, she's just pointing those out. So that was an interesting thing to see. So then she's she's doing this report and it's great to see actual numbers and we're all kind of like looking at them. And then um, there wasn't like a big there wasn't any big information there other than what she said was that, you know, you have a $38 million budget right now. And in 2019, you had like 32, I think it was 32. So you actually have more money now than you have had in the past. And in the past, you've been able to make your your commitments, financial commitments. So she's saying like, so there's really no reason for us, for you, your district to be where it is right now. You have money so that throws, whoa! I mean, that throws me because yeah. I'm like, if you're looking at 2019 and it's 32 and you're looking right now and it's 38, you have more money. Why do we have to cut $3 million? I don't know. It is still something that she's saying we need to do because then you look at the expenses and the expenses are more than our revenue. So that is the problem. So what are our expenses? Where are our expenses? Where can we cut? So that's what she's t kind of talking about. Uh, but within that, you're talking, I mean, there was a mention of special ed being, it was so weird when they brought up a special ed conversation where like, we spend a lot of money on special education because it's required, you have to provide services to kids or whatever. But the way that sh they were kind of talking about it was it got a little too close to like, 
weird for me. Yeah. It got a little too close to like, no, you, you guys need to find other places to cut. Yeah. Like, we're not cutting. From the most vulnerable people in our society. Thank let's not, you. Let's like, not. If anything, they should have the most money yeah. that, that 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 I mean, if you're talking that you to can, me, yeah. that, that's my perspective. So I'm yeah. like, we're if we're nickeling. If we're looking for little tiny places to cut, that needs stay to be, out of that program. Stay the fuck out of that program for me <laughs> yeah. personally. No, I get that. I'm on that same page. Right. So so that was a little weird thing. So anyways, so then we had public comment. We had some great public comments. Um, and then. After that, we get into this conversation of, of there's a presentation from the admin. And so they're presenting, and this is, this is Dr. Morris. This is, um, uh, our financial guy. And they just go through all these things and where they're going to make cuts and how many teachers they're cutting. And, you know, they kind of lay it out and it's fine. And, um, afterwards, I mean, we're all kind of looking at it going, Jesus Christ, like this is a fucking mess. But also included in that, there were no cuts at the district office level. Oh. So, and I don't know why it's not specifically laid out like that, because they can lay out, they're laying out, you know, FTEs, it's full-time employee. They lay that out. They lay out the classifieds. But like, why aren't you laying out that administrative positions? Right. I mean, we have other positions we have... Really, I mean, whatever. I already said they need to fire the superintendent and hire yeah. a CBO because then you get two jobs for one. Yeah. Really. So that happens, and then during that presentation, she is the doctor. Doctor Morse is explaining how they're making these cuts and where they're making these cuts, and all of a sudden, and then they open up for public comment. And our babysitter, she stands up and she says, "Can I make a public comment?" She didn't put it in a card or anything, right? But she's making it public. Her presentation is over. Whatever. Everyone's like, yes, please. Everyone's like, oh, so excited. I'm begging. Sure I would be like, yes, I don't care if I was in line. You're going now. Begging for it. And the board even was like, absolutely. Please go up. Let's please go. tell us. Because, you know, the board literally has to deal only gets information from the administration. And that has been the problem, right? Yeah. So she goes up and makes a public comment. And she says, the cuts that you're presenting here are not from the right places. They're not going to get you the cuts that we're asking you to make. This is inappropriate. And in, I mean, she didn't say inappropriate, but she was like, this that is not going to get you. Yeah, it was the five. And it was so wild to be pub like fact checked in real time. A lot of times this happens where we get a presentation, the board gets the information and then somebody else random, some, you know, community member looks into things and goes, oh, this is not how it works. She was right there. And she said, this is not correct. This is not going to get you what you need to do. So you need to really focus on cutting from this pot, not this pot. We have two, we have lots of pots of money that our, the district gets and they want to cut certain pots. And she's like, no, you literally cannot do this. So that was a fucking monkey, like a wrench in the mum. It's like the way to waste everyone's time, your own and ours. Everybody. Like, but is this not just another example of that administration that's in charge right now? Just like whiffing it literally Why, every time how I, it feels so weird to me to hear you say that yeah. dr morris is giving presentations still yeah, i'm exactly. like dude you need to what is her what in my mind if i was her mm. what are you gaining what Bro. how are you going to win back the trust of the people no because every chance you get you know you're showing us how like unqualified you are to be leading in this role every time every time and it's crazy because i mean i get someone wanting to be stubborn and being like no people just don't truly don't understand the situation yeah. and i can 
if they stick through this process, I will come out the golden child on the other side. They will see things. Yes. I'm not seeing that for her. And also, she's not even saying that. She's not even saying, you guys, give me a chance. I'm working so hard. Trust me, we will get it together. She's not even saying that. She has been silent, nearly silent for the last like three, maybe month about. It's weird to me out. Silent. Other people, other employees have been using their goodwill and capital I would say Dr. Knox is one of them. Had she, she, Dr. Knox was the one that I was going to the community and getting yeah. berated every fucking day for a week. I couldn't even believe it. You know, I would ne- to expend her own social and professional capital on behalf of this administration. It was it's absolutely wild. Like, and I do I feel bad for her because that's her boss. She has got to do what she says. But also, like, you're asking me to take this on, which is crazy. You should be out there. That is her yeah. job. But nobody trusts her, and that's where we are constantly where we're constantly getting information from an administration that nobody trusts and that is consistently called out by our babysitters as being incorrect. Now, I will say there is something and I don't know what it is, but there's something and I just like landed on this analogy and I like felt so proud of myself. But you know how the IRS knows exactly how much you owe or how much they owe you, but they make you do your taxes anyway. And if you fuck up, they're on your ass. Yeah. That to me is a bit like what VCOE is because they are helping us do our shit. They get it and immediately know what our problems are. Why are they not just telling us how to do the shit properly? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a bit. I don't know if I'm in like if I'm so, not right about that. No, if they know I would the, love to hear it. Yeah. If they know the pots to take from just say you need to cut a million dollars right. from this Area. Exactly. This area and this area. And then they can go look at it with an equation of being like, okay, well, where can we make that happen? Because they're, so they're one going of the, in blind, it seems like, but like, why? But why? And like, why if they know what to do? I mean, and then they're also saying out of the both sides of their mouth, well, Fickmat dad said this, like, you know, why are they closing schools? That's usually the last thing that you do, right? right? That's what stuck with me. Right? And that's stuck with a lot of people. And that is one of the sticking points that the community has now glo- not glommed onto because that has a negative connotation, but like has really like focused, hold, held on because yeah. they go, yeah, exactly, exactly. However, during those town hall meetings with Eva Luke, she said, you need to close two elementary schools. You need to close... That's VCOE telling us we need to close two elementary schools. Now, they just don't like the order. The reconfiguration is different because we are closing secondary schools, which is not exactly what they're asking for. And we're doing those for whatever different reasons. But the point is, they continually say one thing and then they say another thing that contradicts. So I do see how there is confusion that is. I mean, because I am paying attention and I get confused and I don't have a personal anything against this administration. I really don't care either way. To be honest, I wouldn't mind if Dr. Morse turns this shit around and is successful and gets more students and everything's fucking great. Would love that for her. Yeah. You know, would be great, babes. (laughs) Because pull it off. Pull it off. (laughs) Would love to see it. Yes. Would love to see it. Your success is our success. That's really the true thing. Yes. And her failure is also our failure. Right. So, so that the piece, I don't give a shit about her personally. I don't have any ill things. I don't actually think she's also inherently evil. I don't think anybody is. No. I think at this point, you know, the trust is broken. So it's like, I don't know how you can move forward that way. But if she, I mean, the deal is she's got a contract with our district until 2025. 
Okay. They just renewed it last June. Okay. So part of the reason she can't really break it, she can't really break it. There can be mutual, there can be, but it's a legal decision that needs to be a process, which Uh, is what, you know, people, I, you, you want that, you think, well, obviously there's cause, but these are legal terms, right? Like a cause legally means something way different than you think that she fucked up in her job. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck cause means. Somebody yeah. else should. Like maybe our lawyers, but how much do we have to pay to hire a lawyer to look into this? I don't know. Right. So these are all questions that float around. So anyway, this, she, Eva Luke has to call us out in the meeting right there. Just so fucking, you know, embarrassing, but par for the course because you know that the information is not accurate now at one point in the meeting uh, they didn't have these documents provided because you usually have to usually provide all these documents in the agenda prior to the meeting so the public has time to review public and the board to be fair have time to review them she says we didn't add these because we knew they were already outdated so the information you're seeing right now Time has passed enough that VCOE has already told us this this information is inaccurate and it's wrong and we're working to fix those problems, which from what I hear is actually a normal process, regular process, normal in that districts usually have problems on their fucking reports. VCOE says, here's the fucking problems, fix them, and then things get resolved. That's usually how it goes. So... That's not necessarily inherently wrong that we have fuck ups on our thing. Like again, with the taxes thing, they yeah. know the fuck ups and they, they just want us to give a clean report. Right. So in any case, she, she says, that's why we didn't attach these to you. Right. And so she's, when she says that the assumption is that, okay, back up. One thing is that earlier in the day, there was, there is a financial committee that the board has created with two board members, Dr. Chandler and Dr. Halverson, different types of doctors, one in education, one an actual MD, but he's a trustee. And and also Eva Luke was there, the VCOE babysitter. And then I think, I don't know if Dr. Morse was there, to be honest with you. But in that meeting, there was some documentation there that explains these cuts so, I mean, this is what the, the, the administration is, th- is saying. The, here's these cuts. We have looked over them in this financial committee and da, 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 X, Y, and Z. So when, when Eva Luke gets up there and says, this is, this is weird. This is wrong. The administration is thinking, you just saw this. So we just talked about this today earlier, earlier in the day. We just talked about this. So it's seeming like then now we're against each other when the administration is thinking everybody's on the same page. You, they're ready for their presentation. They're ready for their presentation. But, but so, so keep that in your mind. And then we have the rest of the meeting goes on. So there's some more public comments. And then at the end of the public comments, uh, trustee Griffin, who's been on the board the longest, she's been on, I think, till, since 20, 2006 or 2016, maybe 2016. She's been on the longest, right? So she starts talking about and about how frustrated she is to receive information from this administration and then nearly immediately find out it is incorrect constantly. And then hearing from the administration, don't worry, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. She's like so frustrated. She breaks down crying. She is like trying to hold it together. And she's trying to really speak carefully to Dr. Morse because 
I think there's some kind of relationship there, at least a working relationship over yeah. all these years, right? Yeah. And she's trying, and she's so close. I mean, she inched right up to it. And we're all kind of literally in in the crowd, like bated breath going, say it, say it, say it. She's going to say it. She's going to say I do not trust the information coming out of this administration and it's constantly wrong and I'm sick of it. I mean, literally, she was so close and she didn't get there, but she was so, uh, I mean, literally there's, I have like people in the audience are literally like, say it. They, I mean, say it. And they're like, it's emotional. We get it. Like we're like giving her support. Like we know this is going to be so fucking hard for you to do because yeah. this is a big crack because yeah. she has been very silent on her criticisms of the administration. So for her to be like inching closer to it was shocking really for me because I thought she was like never ever da 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 da. So yeah. that was that was crazy. So she gets close and that's and then it kind of like breaks the dam in terms of she wants to have a conversation. She's like we got to have a conversation about this problem. Like this is happening. Why is it happening? And then Trusty Montrage, you know, kind of chimes in. She wants to have a discussion about it and to be fair, fair. You can only have a discussion with all board members in public. We have laws called the Brown Act. They're called sunshine laws, meaning you cannot have board members having private conversations with each other outside yeah. of meeting times, right? right? Yeah. So it, you can talk to two people, like one person can talk to one person and that's it. You have more than that. You can't have more than that. You know, then it's a violation. So, so she's, this is her only opportunity to talk to all of her board members at once and say, you guys, this is the, like, what the fuck is going on? Constantly we're in this mess. So Montreux says, well, I'm under the impression that this was outdated. Like he kind of tries to explain it away. Like kind of like what I, that their position that I shared earlier about, it was late. We knew it was it was outdated at this point. And da, 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 da. So and then uh, Trustee Reyes kind of shares the same sentiment as Trustee Griffin. And Dr. Halverson mentions something. I mean, because what Trustee Griffin said was like, I have a hard time asking our community to trust us about all these reconfigurations when we are now continually showing that we can't even trust the numbers that are coming out of this administration. And everybody, I mean, standing ovation, literally oh. everybody. is, And she's like crying. She's like, I don't want this to be like the Shelly show. I'm, this is not what I mean, but this is like, this is what we're doing, you know? And I'm yeah. like, finally, everybody's like, yes, you're speaking. Yes. You're so close to like actually being on calling the community's it. side. Calling you know? it out, yeah. So uh, Trustee Halverson kind of, he he kept it. It was weird. His comment was like, basically, I wish I shouldn't, I wish we didn't make um, Matillaha the K through eight. I wish we would have kept the K through eight. <laughs> okay, that's not the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally. But then you know what it did? So many Toba Toba parents heard that meeting and they said, oh, 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 we have a chance. We have a chance to keep our school open. And so now, again, like I said from the last meeting, there is this feeling in the community that nothing is decided. Yep. Everything is up for the air. Mm -hmm. and, and who knows what the schools will look like, even though there has been decisions made. When he saying shit like that you get confused and you go well what are they gonna do because like the right. reason i had to speak is because you said oh, my mind was changed my heart was changed and you were like you don't get you and already I'm like, made well, a fine. choice 
Well, that's fine. And if we're deciding all hearts, but it's like every meeting, you can't do this. Yeah. Like, and if you guys want to say, if they had said, if they said, you know what, we're stopping all decisions until we get the numbers and we're going to figure it out. Genius. Everybody would be like, exactly. Thank you. Great. Would love to see do it. that. Wish you would. Please. We're begging for it. God. Right. Okay. So that got confusing. But right. But during the time this is all happening, right? So this is like, I'm in the room and you're seeing the people. At the time this conversation is happening, Shelly is ha- um, is having this conversation and she's like literally sobbing. The Prior to that, prior to Shelly saying, I'd like to open this up for discussion, the board president who manages the kind of goings on of the meetings, right? She's like, do we have a motion? Blah, blah, blah. She's moving on to the agenda items. She says, you know, I think that that covers all the agenda items that we have. So um, I would like to adjourn this meeting. Can I get, you know... And, and everybody's like, uh, 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 like, Shelly's like, oh, wait, I would like to open, you know. And so she's like sitting there for a minute and she's like hemming and hawing. And at one point she closes her laptop, which is connects her video to Zoom, which 300 people are watching. 300 people are watching at home. You can see on YouTube, 300 viewers. She closes her Zoom and leaves the Zoom. Now, she didn't leave the meeting because she was still there. But if you're watching from home, because there was only probably, you know, maybe 80 people in the room. 300 people see you quote unquote leave which she didn't leave but she left the zoom so that was shady boots like i don't know what it was i don't know why she was trying to get out of there she was really trying to get out of there and to be fair like um the meeting was like one of the earliest meetings that it ever ended like we literally we it was over by 8 40 and i'm like oh this is early like usually we're there till fucking 11 o'clock at night yeah so anyway so i'm like okay babes like this is too much but she was so it was weird and then there was other stuff i mean just she unfortunately like and i get it because like i can't fix my face for anything like if you bother me like you're getting an eye roll every i am very obvious Mm, i never mm. yeah i not an actress no and neither are, are our trustees babes because <laughs> they are i mean phil montage is like hands through the hair hands on the forehead atticus is like eyebrows the raised drama. laughing and shaking his head and just like shocked at like what the fuck he's has to deal with and chandler who feels very defensive i think because she has a personal relationship with dr morris and dr morris extremely defensive you know very um just eye rolling eye rolling chewing gum i mean and just like it's sad to see because she probably i mean it's just hard to fix your face everybody knows it's hard to fix your face i mean yeah. nobody's a fucking actor dr morse is probably the best at it she sits there and she tries to not have a frown so then people call it a smirk and like you know it's like it's she, she can't oh my win God, you know what i mean win. she really can't win and it again she's done a lot of this is self self fulfilling she's done it to herself but like you know she's damned if she does damned if she doesn't right so and she's talking behind a paper to rebecca chandler right so you could see that happening and it's like oh guys it's just it's a bad look it's such a bad look bad pr it's bad look whatever so she tries to cut the meeting. They they continue on to it. And then um, then the meeting is finally adjourned. I mean, they didn't really get into anything af- like Shelly's conversation after that. So then the meeting's adjourned and um, people start leaving. But I kind of just hung around because I was like, what's the vibe? Yeah, this like, is your new thing. I love on? that you're hanging around. I'm just, I mean, Need usually less. I'm just the last one. Need but less. this one, I just like kind of hung around and just like whatever. And I saw somebody I knew talking to VCOE. And so since I'm like, that's my homegirl. So I just go sit up like we're all having the conversation. Yeah. You know, like, oh, tell me. Hi. You know, what's going on, babes? <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, we're friends. So yeah. you can tell me what you're telling her. Yes. Right. 
So they're talking and I'm just listening, whatever. And then there's another woman who then kind of not alerts me, but I see she's videotaping. Dr. Morse and Shelly Griffin are on the stage still and they're having a conversation. And when I tell you the body language is screaming because I couldn't hear a word they were saying, but I heard oh, I heard yes. everything they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, because, you know, Shelly Griffin is the one that calls her out publicly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Dr. Morse is now having to defend herself even to, yeah. to Trustee Griffin. So they're having a conversation and it's it's tense, right? Whatever. And then it's over. And this conversation that I'm in with with uh, the babysitter with I'm not even in. I'm just listening. But she Shelly comes down the stairs and she like, can I interrupt? I mean, and she I she's one of those like people when they get upset, their face is just like a beat. Just so red. Poor thing. I mean, poor, poor thing. And she's like near tears still like oh. she's holding it back yeah. I mean not that I, I don't have any particular feelings about it either way I'm just providing no, color yeah. okay so she's like so you could just see all of her face yeah. she's like defeated she feels like shit she says to to um, our babysitter yeah. Eva she goes she just said that you had seen that that paperwork earlier in the meeting did you see that paperwork earlier in the meeting so Shelly's talking about Dr. Morris. She was talking about the financial meeting that yes. happened before. Yes. She's like calling her calling out. Because Morris is going, basically, I have obviously no idea, but, uh, but yeah, Morris is basically like, she knew the whole time. So why did she get up and say that shit? Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly okay. right. What the fuck is she doing when yeah. she knows A, how it works and B, that da, 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 right? So, so Griffin says, she just said that you knew this. It, and I, she says, I just threw our superintendent under the bus. Because of in front base, of everyone, in front of the whole everybody, town. in front of the whole town, because basically she was because trusting of Eva's taking, comment, yeah, taking you at face value, yeah. And she goes, "I have never seen that paper before in my life." <laughs> she's like, basically says that Morse is lying, right? More and and it was, and she's just like, "No, I've never seen that Dead before." Face. Dead no. face, no, no, no qualifications, no quantifications, nothing. She said no. So I was sitting there going, "Well, so who what's the, fuck the truth?" Is- so what's the truth? Was she Girl, at that I wish financial I knew. meeting? Was I, she not? I wish I what did knew. They she talk was about? there, but does the paper different than, you know, the presentation was different. Maybe she finished. I don't know. But that was fucking wild. And I'm like, oh. Good for Shelly. I, I know exactly like because but now you know, she's she, still fucked because she because who do you believe the administration or VCOE now? Well, that's in my opinion, mm-hmm. a really good example of maybe what Morris's leadership has looked like. Exactly. They're saying these things about me. No, 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 it's not true. Mm-hmm. We're doing this X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z, and we're working really hard, and people mm-hmm. are just upset. Mm-hmm. They're wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm right. Like, mm-hmm. I think that might be, like, because I'm thinking, like, how do you get so far into this pit exactly. with such bad leadership? Absolutely. You know, it's like you're trusting this person to lead you. Mm. What's really going on behind the scenes? And how much control is Morris having over that narrative exactly because she's cov- trying to cover up maybe some of her mistakes or who i'm obviously just we're just conjecturing we're just, yes yeah. I'm i mean a thousand percent throwing around all- ideas but i'm like shelly trusts morris enough you know to yeah. feel like that emotional first of all yes. to even feel like i'm going to come out and say something that is such an inner dialogue that i'm struggling with right because that's why the emotion is there totally it's like, it's like i'm putting my neck on the line yeah 
and I'm making a decision in the moment that I've been struggling with. And that is going to probably have repercussions now. Yeah. And then to have her come up, someone that she's trusted that she's known for so long, be like, that's not the case. And true. then she's like, oh, well, I'm walking over to Eva and asking questions. She's like, you questions. know what? You, you know don't what? tell me. <laughs> you don't really know. But now you're still in the position. And I think. Who do you trust? And I think what from what I mean, this is all just my own experience from hearing the conversation. But I think. So Eva says at some point to to us, to me and this other one, she goes, I don't get pissed off often, but that pissed me off. Ah! When I tell you, she's, I said, oh, oh. <laughs> she was not playing. And she said it, she repeated herself and she said it again, but she said, I don't get upset often. But that upset me when she heard the yeah. cuts being made, and she said, "I've never made a public comment like that." Like she was shocked she acted that she had to do in it. That sense, yeah. Well, not even emotionally. She had to correct the record. Yeah. She had to say, "You think you're making cuts, and this is going to get you to where you need to go." But what I'm seeing on this paper is that the cuts are not going to get you to where you need to go. They are from a different pot. Yeah. We want you to cut from this pot. You're showing me cuts from that pot. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And I'm sitting here. You know, that's what she's having to yeah. get up and say and she's very measured you know she doesn't she's not accusatory yeah she says here's where you need to make cuts yeah and this is where this is showing make cuts so i'm concerned she also said she was concerned that on the agenda there was no mention of like actual layoff pink slip notices that would be going out that have to go out by next week they've by the already 15th. gone out well too. some I, of them I have, have teacher yeah. friends that are laid off as of like, did they get their formal paperwork? Not yet. I don't know. So they they got warnings. And that's also a weird thing that's happening. Because they're like, I think probably the thinking is we want to let people know because it's It's going to happen in a board meeting. And we want don't want them to find out in a board meeting. Right. But the problem is everything this fucking admin does is is wrong. wrong. (laughs) Even if it's right. Do you know what I'm saying? Even if it's like kind, we want you to know beforehand, you're going to be fired in two weeks. But and, and to be fair, teachers get pink slips all the time. And sometimes you get a pink slip every year for 14 years and you are you're still employed the True. whole time. Yeah. So so whatever. I don't know the whole thing that that shit was crazy. But, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was going on that they were like stressed about, you know, that Eva was like, this is supposed to be talked about. and You're still not talking about it. And we are concerned that you're still not talking about this. You yes. need to start talking about these things. Yikes. When's the next meeting? The next meeting is this fucking next week again. Woo, next girl. fucking right. Wednesday. We'll so keep you on the books. We're gonna, girl, <laughs> like, they keep me working. They I'm do. Like, oh. You have a full-time job, I've Peter. got a full-time job reporting <laughs> on this shit, which is crazy. I mean, but so many parents are, are doing the same thing. They're yeah, of course. giving up so much shit to deal with it. It's a, it's a fucking nightmare. So that's where we, we end at this point. Oh, one final thing. Um, uh, Kimberly Rivers just has a report out today. Well, actually, this was on Facebook yesterday. Trustee Moncharge rep- replied to a comment um, in a Facebook group about this, that on the agenda for next week in a closed, closed session, the board and the board's legal counsel will be discussing the superintendent's contract. So that was new, just breaking news yesterday. Yeah. And Kimberly Rivers has an article in the High Valley News about it right now. So more details are there. Yes. But that that is now the next word on the street. What can they do? What are they doing? And then along with that meeting, we'll also have to have cuts in closed session. We don't know if they will report out anything. So it could be that I have their meeting and we still don't know anything about it. 
which yes. is you know crazy. crazy also huge shout out to kimberly rivers huge the shout fact out to that we rivers. have that talent in ohio mm. is god bless so amazing We're so lucky. and also obviously that's like truly vetted right. super legit Literally. information yeah we're here having fun we're we're saying this is my pov this Kimberly's is not like journalism no, this is the facts <laughs> she's like here's the facts okay <laughs> we're not here to say that absolutely not. <laughs> imagine no, so absolutely not. Uh, get on the news shit yeah oh valley news get a subscription i mean i feel like with this and the news you guys yes. will get you'll get this situation yes. oh hi vortex <laughs> also is yeah. publishing a four-part series about this so if you if you're just learning about any of it or you, they have a great kind of intro entry article which yeah. is even more from the outside yeah so, oh hi vortex is really cool yeah, i love yeah, what they're yeah. up to love okay it. next week next week we'll see ya back in the gauntlet back in there <laughs> okay, bye bye all right david <clears throat> first what? girlfriend whoa oh my god what <laughs> i just called you david called that's really weird <laughs> I was looking at David Palooza. Uh huh. No, um, I get it. It happens. What? <laughs> that happens maybe with your mom and dad, but it shouldn't happen with me. All right, Jordan. Who do I got? Who do I got here? It's me, Jordan. Which one? Um. Wow. Well, David, you should drink for that one because ooh, I'm gonna. I think for I that should one. drink. <laughs> that was so natural. You you almost just kept talking. It was too. a full send. I didn't. I wasn't gonna correct myself. <laughs> What is your name? What is a name, guys? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Anyways, so David, just kidding. Don't <laughs> so, talk with David instead. I was like, no, Jordan hasn't had a girlfriend. It must be David who's talking to me. <laughs> Burn. Just ah. kidding. Ooh. How old were you? Are we talking like kindergarten? When people so, say my first girlfriend was in first grade, who cares? We no, were, they were. Honestly, we were talking about like relationships that don't count specifically your first ones like when do you count right? i didn't have a boyfriend in first grade i wasn't in first grade <laughs> i'm just saying though you know like those stories uh-huh not i me. told someone i love you in first grade and i'm starting to think i didn't mean it <laughs> <laughs> do you still feel it though a little bit a little bit yeah, yeah so you meant it you meant it you meant it um okay my first girlfriend i was in sixth grade okay was in first grade. but okay. um yeah no i was in sixth grade <sighs> i was in middle school um and her name was Cameron. Oh, okay. We're going... We're putting it out there. I does, truly does don't care? think there's any risk of this. And it's like a funny story and it's whatever. Great. Um, but yeah, first girlfriend. Um, guess how long the relationship lasted? Three weeks. <laughs> three days. <laughs> That's more like it. Okay. Um, it three was weeks is kind of a long time. Three weeks in middle school? Woo. Lifetime. Like life. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it lasted a total of 72 hours, I'd say. Um, how did it start? So, we were sitting at the, there's like, you know, the tables start to segregate, right? Uh, in middle school. Clicks. Clicks, friend groups. Yeah. Except they're not very friendly. Um, we were at the table where the boys and girls sat with each other. Mm. Whoa. That, that in was, sixth grade. And that was the table everyone was watching. A hundred percent. Because that was the relationship table. Right. And I wasn't in a relationship Eyes on yet. you. You were working towards it. <laughs> and so me and Cameron started sitting next to each other, right? Or across from each other. We're having lunch. We're having Capri Suns. Obviously. <laughs> I was a Capri Sun girl. For sure. Um, you know, the banter's good. We're in front of each other. That was basically all you needed to do. Yeah, it's hold hold eye contact <laughs> for just like, long This enough. is a girl I'm talking to on a regular basis. And I was like, oh, we should date. And yeah. so, um, one fateful afternoon at 3.15 p.m. Um, the bell has rung. The bell has rung. 
we're out at the pickup zone and i'm like cameron i think you and me should be boyfriend and girlfriend oh (laughs) just went for it that's a that's a big send (laughs) yeah and she was like I think so too, because she like liked me. Here's, oh, okay, background. That's so cute. <laughs> background. I heard Give it from Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> damn, Brianna. I heard from Brianna that she like liked me, and I was like, damn, I kind of like like her too. Oh my god, I forgot about the like like the double like <laughs> the double like. That's the serious one. It's basically second base. Uh, and so I we like liked each other, and I was like, it's time. Let's make this official. We make it official. We hug. And then Cloud that's nine. it. And then I don't see her for like, I don't know, 12 hours, however long it is until you go back. You guys don't AOL. Um, you don't <clears> chat. You don't. There's there was no, texting. There was, texting. there was heavy texting. Yeah, Did you guys sure. text all night? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like, I can't believe that we're doing this. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I just like you so much. I just like like you. Uh-huh. Okay. What do you like about me? Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh. I just felt that oh. in my soul. What made you <laughs> what like make me? You, what made you like And I was just like, oh, you're just so funny. And you're so like, you're just so, you're such a good, cute. you're so easy to talk Did to you say as cute? a girl. Oh, girls. Because <laughs> like, yeah, girls suck. Because girls suck. <laughs> and I'm an 11 year old boy. It's okay. Because girls on the other end are like, you're smart for a guy. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's middle. I was like, you're nice. They're like, you're nice to me. Yes. And you have basic hygiene. Yes. And girls are like, <laughs> they're like, I can talk to you and you're a girl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, lucky to be there. Um, <laughs> just happy to be here. I was just here. happy to be a friend of the show. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty serious. Day two comes around. We're back at the table where the boys and girls sit next Are to Are you each holding other. hands yet? No. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? That's, In public? Yeah. Uh, no, but we're, sit- we're, you know. Do people know? Oh, yeah. Has it gone around the school? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think people knew before we knew. Uh, right. Um, they like, saw the signs. totally dating. <laughs> it's like when the rumor pushes uh-huh. you into the uh-huh. relationship because you're like, why? Everyone already thinks I it. I think that's literally why what not? happened. Everyone was like, it. they should date. And I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got anything else to do. Sure. And it was such a low requirement to be in a relationship in middle school. You like hug at passing period and then <gasps> that was pretty much it. Yeah. Meet me at this rock. Uh huh. Maybe a note Meet or two me gets at passed. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, so that was it. Some notes were passed every once in a while. I was on cloud nine, right? I was like, I'm in a relationship. Um, and then one fateful afternoon, the next day. Right. Um, day three. Yeah. Cameron makes a comment about another friend of ours who, uh, I think playing soccer or something, like broke her foot. Mm. So she's in a cast and crutches. Mm. And homegirl makes a, co- like a, like a joke about how she's in crutches. And you weren't having it. I was not having okay, it. Okay, so she was being mean. You said this is a gossip and I don't like gossip. It's kind of gossipy. Yeah. Guys don't like gossip. <laughs> no. At that age. Drama? Ew. No, yeah. it was less gossip and I was more just, just like, mean. don't be mean to my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like at well, that point. Well, good for you because I feel like. I'd known this girl for like three days and I'd known. Or like crutches, girl. six weeks. Yeah. And I'd known my other friend for Oh my gosh, it must have been two years. Oh my god. Well, that is a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. It's half your life. Um, and so... You had morals and ethics at a young age. <laughs> well, a lot of people just... are easily influenced and like would have been like, oh yeah, that's stupid. There was a... Tr- there was a I you had saw a the fork. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a good person. And so what happened was uh, she made that comment. And I was like, that was weird. And then we hug. We go home. You know, everyone's... <laughs> Did you text her about it? I didn't text her, but I was like... I might have to break up with this girl. 
I was like, this is really tearing me up. Oh I was my like, God. I don't, I don't like that comment. Like, that's like not something that this person chose. I'm like, so proud of you. <laughs> how I do it. <laughs> it's not good. Well, it's not. It's just so silly and so middle school. Yes. I give her a call. Oh, you like, call it's her? It's serious. You're good. <laughs> no, but I give her a call. And I remember I was in my parents' walk-in closet. It's hiding. Because I didn't want anyone, anyone to, to hear, hear me it. talking. No, because someone so- could pick up the line, though. But you were like, if I'm in the closet, I'm safe. <laughs> and so I've closed Oh, did the you door. have a cell phone? No, this is on the like The landline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's Mom no like cord on it. But no, it's, but yeah, someone yeah. could have picked up. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Okay. I'm in the closet. Literally in the closet. <laughs> um calling this girl and i'm like hey cameron she's like what i really don't like that comment that you made about my friend and she was like what do you mean i was like i just think that like and i was like i went in this whole thing i'd prepared this i had like rehearsed this in my mirror i was like i was like she didn't like that was not cool uh, she got and hurt, bullied, or something. I really, yeah. It was just like you were on your high horse. You were so self righteous. Uh-huh, I really was. Anyways, I'm about to like deliver the final blow, and I'm like, and I just, I don't know if, and she just hangs up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if. Click. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> she gone. She's gone. Um. Do you feel like? It. Do you still feel slighted for not being able to want to break up with her? Um. I feel like I did my part. You should have got your last words in. I don't think that this is going to work out. I finally did. Well, she said, yeah, it's not, babe. (laughs) We out. She knew. And then you weren't at the couple's table the next day. No, so that's the hardest part. (laughs) You did both sit down there. (laughs) We were on opposite sides, like diagonal. Oh, no. Uh So you could steal a glance or two? For sure. And she was so mad at me. And I was like, fine. You make were fun of people in crushes. Yeah, I was gonna say you got to leave on the high <laughs> I, note. I still feel good about yes, that. You broke up. You were uh-huh. broken up with. That being said, it was a three day relationship. Do you ever find her Instagram? <laughs> see if she's happy. What oh, she's I up to for sure. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, I mean, we went to high school after, together. Like, and we're like, we were friends. And like, it wasn't... did you guys ever laugh about it? No, Damn I don't it. think. I don't think truly she even remembers. No, yeah. <laughs> Isn't I that weird how that but, works? Like I did. Yeah, of course. I <laughs> my first breakup always had this experience forever that i was taller than all my guy friends Mm. so they felt more comfortable being open and vulnerable with me because i wasn't a girl that they would want to date does that make sense like they like when you were when you were saying how like i can talk to you and you're a girl you Mm -hmm, know like mm -hmm. that is a big deal for guys at a certain age like there Mm -hmm. is this like because they're emotionally there's this, like, separation. Yeah, stunted. Yeah, there's like this separation of like boys and girls and girls get to have so much more fun and talk so much more about their feelings and stuff. So when guys can have that experience for the first time, uh-huh. it's like a big it deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And you like really bond and attach to people. And, and I remember like how many AOL like conversations did I have with guys that I thought were so fucking cute but were like three inches shorter than me <laughs> and that I was like. And my, my friends and I have talked about this all the time. I'm like, they were fucking in love with me, but too embarrassed to like date me. Ugh. And that's okay. Cause I'm like, I don't care. I never was like curious about having a boyfriend or anything, but mm-hmm. I always meant, I always remember being like, God, we have so much fucking chemistry. Uh-huh. We have so much fun. I basically give them a personality and then they start dating one of my friends like shortly after. With that personality that you with, gave them? <laughs> with that personality that I helped them get confidence of talking to a girl. I feel like, I mean, so I was like literally not five feet tall until high school. Yeah. I think I was like under five feet tall until high school. I'm still only like what five seven, soaking wet. Yeah, like, I think I not- was like five five all through middle school. Yeah, that was and tall. So, that being said, four foot ten, Jordan. He yeah, was a shooter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was. I was. 
I didn't mind the height difference. Well, you can when everyone's taller than you, it's like, well, yeah, that's true. There were a couple guys that were like, yeah. no, 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 we can make this work, and well, I was like, plus, ah. I was like, I'm gonna have a growth spurt one day. Yeah, there was hope. You're waiting. <laughs> now yeah, I'm I like, hear about them. Oof, I'm not gonna have a growth spurt one day. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> no, I did have that over like freshman summer, and I was like basically five eleven until senior year, and then I've been six foot forever. Hell yeah, forever. I used to be Ever. really good friends with this girl who was 4'11", and we'd walk around together and turn in heads. Uh-huh. Well, everyone loves a small and a, and a tall. That's small like a classic comedy it's duo. It's uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's twins. Twins, yeah. Or Junior. Did you ever see Junior? No. What is that? <laughs> it's another um, buddy movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> Danny DeVito. He, another There one? was a whole genre of movies but they were from different the 90s people? that was just Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito doing things together. Um, but different people and different storylines and all of them. Mm-hmm. No I'm interconnection. Sure it was Danny DeVito still. It might have been someone else. Hold on. Fact check. Shall we? Shall we fact check? I'm pretty sure it was also Danny DeVito because the whole plot was that it's freaking Danny DeVito. Amazing. Okay. okay. And guess who? Who? Emma Thompson. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you guys. The matriarch of my entire... Okay, we're going backwards life. through David Palooza. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me finish this thing about Junior. Emma Thompson. Okay, Emma Thompson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. The plot of the movie is that Emma Thompson is a scientist who wants to get or wants to figure out how to make a man pregnant. Danny Danny DeVito. My face just went down. <laughs> Danny DeVito. I'm concerned. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Right. And then Danny it's like the entire movie is Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger like going through the throes of pregnancy together oh, that's and like cute. co-parenting yeah. one day hopefully i think it's emma thompson's egg is and so this basically she's... like a feminist propaganda of like showing it what it'd be like for a man and he's like oh this is hard oh wow <laughs> something tells me that like i am emotional now irrationally the premise i want ice cream based on the fact that it came out in 1994 it was potentially not very feminist i'm gonna say it's really problematic and i can't wait to watch that i will be watching that uh we were just talking a lot about you know who loves emma thompson is greg our friend greg Greg. i I love greg i love emma thompson too but greg was going on and on about how emma thompson was his movie mommy what were we saying we were saying movie mommy (laughs) we had it our friends Haley and greg hosted a dinner for david's birthday the night before the concert so now we're talking tuesday night Mm -hmm. in david palooza world yeah um Emma Thompson was my favorite part of the parent trip. We were talking, yeah, not in it. Not in it. Uh, we were talking about problematic movies and someone said, is, is, does the parent trap hold up? And we all said yes, though. Mm-hmm. I don't truly know, but I'm, I, I think, think yes. yes. Uh, and then my world got shattered. <laughs> when I realized uh, Emma Thompson wasn't the mom. No, when I realized that Ashton Kutcher has done brown face. Oh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, he, mm, everyone around me was like, Steph, you got to give that up. And I was like, I don't know that I can. <laughs> It's so but you do have to. So he spent him and his team has spent so much money to scrub that ad away that the only thing that comes up when you <laughs> search it video. is uh, Ashton Kutcher brownface not racist. Uh-huh. Which <laughs> way to, to be control fair, the narrative? <laughs> if I see a YouTube video with that thumbnail or like that title, 
I'm watching, I'm but watching. I'm also like I'm also critically like, no, aware is, that like it's it probably is racist. racist. <laughs> There's not really a situation where it wouldn't be. No, literally no. I said I was making jokes, but um, they were bad. I was saying like in good taste, you know, like <laughs> it was an it was done well. No, <laughs> it was chance. done well. <laughs> it was about pop chips, and he was supposed. To, he looked like he was trying to be Indian, but he still looked. He just looked like he had a hard <sighs> what tan. Was the line on the ad. The line on the ad would said that these chips are Bombay. <sighs> Now, if there's a voice involved, I'm a hard stop. I'm pretty sure there was. Like, I'm not I'm watching almost it. Almost certain there was. I'm concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> who, it was tough. He didn't look that young. Like, no. it didn't look that long ago. I don't think it was. I don't want to. I'll look into it. I, I want to say it was to. in the 2010s. <sighs> like, if he, if he was when he was on. That 70s show and he was 17 mm-hmm. and was poorly managed by his, you know, we could, we could say some things about that. <laughs> right? No, there's no redemption. There's, there's redemption, obviously, redemption. but he, yeah. I don't think one he's can learn tried. and one can grow. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he would never, ever. I think it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it was in poor taste, bad taste, terrible taste, yeah. not poor. Oh, Ashton. He's now a financial daddy and he has other things to do true my god okay so tuesday night david palooza david palooza was lovely you guys went out to los olivos on sunday yes we went to we stayed in solvang saturday night um and then we wine tasted in los olivos on sunday and it was like the one day of the entire two weeks that there was sun out yeah um it was slow season up there and so not a lot of people which was awesome um, we had dinner at Bar La Cote, which was, um, or is, uh, one of the restaurants owned by some of the same owners as, um, Bell's in Los Alamos. Yeah, awesome. Um, they're newer, but, oh my gosh, I think they're due for a Michelin star at some point for That's sure. That's pretty cool. It was, it was really excellent. Uh, I would say that Los Olivos, whenever, anytime I drive through that area, Los Olivos, solving everything, I'm like, this is this, these people have the same exact issues that we do in Ohio and Ventura. It's literally Ohio. No, I know it's it is Ohio. And so when you say you went up on the slow season and people were loving you, like you were telling us about how like they could just tell you were from service and you're mm-hmm. a little different and you're not like the high end client, boring clientele that mm-hmm. are like a little older and it's, it're just yeah, it's like a day so, at Ohio Topa. <laughs> yeah, so it's just so funny. Every time I travel, every single time. I have this annoying guilt because living in Ohio is so fucking annoying. You can't go three steps without getting shit on by a local in Ohio. <laughs> so it's like whenever I travel, I'm like, I'm trying to be such a good tourist and mm-hmm. I'm trying to be so legit and real and honest and like just myself, but also not try to be pretentious or I don't know. It's it's so annoying a little bit where I'm like, you should be able to go to a new town and say that shit's cute and that you find it yeah. adorable and that you would want to move here. Why not? That's like that's a I mean, that's part of like travel in general, right? Like especially international travel like there's just ways to do things more mindfully and there's yeah. ways to do things that are not so appreciative or respectful of the spaces that you're occupying um but i think your mindfulness in general of yeah. like not wanting to come off that way is far more than most people do when they're traveling anyways yeah and so um and people yeah we can smell that when that comes into the yes. bar you know like oh these people are cool yeah um and yeah it was the same thing where we were up there and we were just like chatting with the bartenders and Telling them about Ventura and stuff, and we're close enough to where there's a lot of shared um, oh, connections. Yeah. Like everyone like a hundred percent is close to Santa Barbara and stuff too, and so it was lovely. Um, they comped like all of our wine tastings. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Um, Solvang was great. I just love a Danish. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Love a Danish. That, that town to me is just like a big Disneyland too, where I'm like, it's just so funny. When we were, David and I were joking, um, when we were looking for hotels, the, the like half of them have like mini golf in the back. Yeah. And David was like, well, what do you what? do in a town full of windmills <laughs> besides mini golf? Yeah. Mini golf and Danishes. Absolutely. Um, I think yeah. it's fun to be on the receiving end of that because you and I have been serviced long enough to know like what special experience it is to have guests that you truly connect with that mm-hmm. you're super excited about and that you comp and you make their fucking day. And it's rare. I've talked about this before. Like it's rare that you go out and get the service that you give. Yeah, for like, sure. Topa especially. And I'm, this isn't an ad or anything, but Topa servers and stuff are especially so special. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like lame or corporate or whatever, but when you come in, like we can really do cool stuff and mm-hmm. we have the flexibility to comp something or make your day or make something memorable or go out of our way. And it's rare that you go out and you get that experience because mm-hmm. a lot of service workers are just so brought down by the institution. Yeah. So well, when a you're, lot of places you don't have the autonomy to be as generous or trusted. autonomy to like create the community that you are able to do. And how I think many, like, yeah. yeah. How many serving jobs have I worked where like managers watch you like a fucking mm-hmm. Hot. Did you ring yeah. in that Coke? What do you mean did I ring in that fucking Coke? Uh, I used to work for uh, you know? a place and I remember uh, they were like, if you make a mistake, um, like with an item and then it goes to waste, they're like, that's like reaching into my purse and mm-hmm. taking $10 out of it. Yep. And I was like, yep. I'm just thinking back to that. I'm yeah. like, that's such a crazy work I'm environment, like, oh, dude. I'm, I'm being paid minimum wage, uh-huh. selling my soul for tips and you, <laughs> I can't make a mistake? It's wild. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The pressures... And this all goes back to like what we talk about all the time with capitalism and like maximizing profits. Mm-hmm. It's like the lowest paid employees are most likely the most front facing. And oh, yeah, the those ones are the people generating all the value, right? All of the revenue. Mm-hmm. And they have all the pressure and all the responsibility, but almost no benefits. Right. Well, that's, yeah. I think there's a confusion that like capitalism is the process of trade or commerce, but capitalism is not that. Like, I think people think that people who are anti-capitalist are automatically anti-trade or commerce. Um, but the truth of it is that capitalism is when the value that's being generated is then separated from the people generating it. And ergo, like going to a select few. Yeah. Um, that's capitalism. That's when like, that's when like literally the, the, va- the value that you're generating is separated you. from you yeah. well, <laughs> and then used to benefit someone else yes. more specifically. And <clears throat> it's it's a really eye-opening thing to start understanding and realizing, but there's this incredible project that the New York Times did called the 1619 Project. Mm-hmm. It has been life-changing for me. Um, it is something that is so important. We just got out of Black History Month, but there is an article in that project that explains how slavery is the exact setup for capitalism Mm -hmm. that that it is the exact same setup that that is where it came from that capitalism was created in this country from slavery Mm -hmm. that when they had to stop having free labor they had to find a way to still be wealthy beyond their fucking wildest dreams and and take from so like people who are honest and hardworking who make so much profit for these fucking billionaires mm-hmm. that sit up at the top have to work multiple jobs and have a really shitty fucking lifestyle right. well and i think the illusion is that um and this is like 101 but like the illusion is that those who are wealthy now um are wealthy because they worked of, hard well not even work hard but like they're, they're wealthy because their ancestors or the people who have come before them or their generations or even them themselves 
um, <clears throat> over a long period of time, made a handful of shrewd business decisions or choices towards working hard, and that they gradually, because of their business decisions, um, found themselves in a place of capital power, right? But the truth is that, like, if you go upstream enough um, and you follow commerce and, and trade all the way up to, like, serfdom um, in, like, the medieval times. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the entertainment place, but the, uh, <laughs> the actual <laughs> medieval times. Hey, they're unionizing. That's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so if you go back to, like, actual medieval times, like, the the people who found themselves in those places of power did it through violence did it through um threat of like danger yeah <laughs> and like threat of and like it was serfdom at one point right where like these people were generating value for a lord that owned the property and all that or, or, or owned the land yeah, you should um, just be so lucky to right. work for the lord but then or but whatever then, like when that ended and capitalism became the new norm um specifically because of industry um suddenly people weren't depending on the lord for protection or depending on work for their housing and protection they needed a wage in order to pay for their housing and stuff because they weren't farming or anything anymore like like because of industry you're working a job in which once again like you're not creating the value that you're 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 reaping and so these people find themselves in the shackles of like industry and labor um, at threat of like either being um, homeless or out in the cold or like there were literal policies in in like early industrial times against vagabondism and against being jobless. Like, right. like the punishment against for being jobless to, was to yeah. be mutilated or killed yeah. or hanged or anything. So like, well, it's become a moral thing. Exactly. And so like, and it then has. people are assuming that like wealth is generated via like a couple of shrewd decisions. Like, no, there were policies that kept people in oh, labor yeah. and kept people subjugated so that like so in order few. to survive, they yes. had to earn wages. And yes. like, that's the whole thing. Then you, you can just keep on going down the line and stuff. And I'm not, I guess like the immediate reaction is for individuals who have made value for themselves to assume that that's like discredited because of something historically but like we're talking about something systemic about system not, right yeah yeah yeah, and that's yeah, like yeah this entire thing not a symptom or not even like your personal experience yes we're talking about like these systems have created that were created in these ways are the only reason that like capitalism as it is exists now and i think you have to get your personal experience out of the way to see mm-hmm. it because it doesn't fucking matter if it worked for you and guess what if good you're for fucking, you it worked for yeah, you and that's if cool. you have created your own business and are like yeah. reaping the benefits of that that's you generating value that you are more closely tied to right like, that's and so it's right but like you can't just say like Oh, I just worked hard and kept my head right. down and was business smart. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why other people can't. It's mm-hmm. not a moral. It's not. It has nothing to do with like who someone is as a person, mm-hmm. if they're poor or not. Do you know right. what I mean? It's like, a, like it's a class thing where we're talking about like entire groups of people and why they are there. It's and, on like, purpose. Like, someone isn't hopeless because they were less business shrewd than you. Right. Like there were yeah. decades and or generations of things that led to that thing, you know. And so. Yeah, I don't know. We've we've talked about this in the past, but like um, specifically when it comes to like homelessness and stuff, especially in California, like there's such a negative um, approach to that, like especially in Ventura. 
um it's like so gnarly to see um especially like uh the i guess like the response that certain people have to homelessness as like um something that isn't our problem or something that isn't or uh, that it's solvable. morally wrong. Yeah, or, or like, they're that like this person's homeless because they do drugs. They're not this good enough. Like, yeah, and it's like Jesus fucking Christ. They dude. would. They got themselves homeless. Mm-hmm. It's their fault and that it's they're like, homeless. If someone finds themselves in that situation, does that mean they're not worthy of of housing? Or that they're not a good person? Yeah, Christ. Like that's a basic human need. That's insane. And so, yeah, I think yeah. Um, that's definitely like something I feel passionate about, and something that I think we can work on collectively and something that we can do better on, especially in our communities. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm all worked up now. Um, no, I think in I, terms of, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, it's easy to get wrapped up in these topics, but it's also important to say that like things have improved mm-hmm. and that there are really cool organizations working in our community to do it. Right. And we've talked about this too, like this progress that we're making in these big things in terms of homelessness. Um, wealth class all um just like social progressiveness right these all happen not because of like the magical tide of time and the fact that like people will tend to be better throughout time oh this is a lost episode Jordan. yeah this was like, one of our lost episodes the sentiment that we had in that lost episode was that these progressing steps have happened because of people who were much more radical and much more um, passionate. It's their whole then life. The, then the quote, like the status quo, and like right. people who did things that quite literally, like, were shocking and and borderline like bad because they had to fight for like tooth and nail so that we could get a little bit further forward. Right. And these are people that have chosen to not have comfort and stability in mm-hmm. their own lives. Yeah. Because they are so tied up to a cause. Being an activist is like the most insane life decision you can make because right. you are not going to live a quote unquote ordinary normal life. Right. You just aren't. You can't. That's your life now. Yeah. That is your life. And like we do owe so much to those leaders and those people. And that's why I think like those people have so much power in society now because it's that magnetism thing too where it's just like I'm going to trust this person a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the only person I can really like sum it up for my generation is like Bernie. Mm-hmm. Like he is that person that has been so consistent and so fighting and like well, pushing for so long too that like i think <clears throat> a lot of individuals get caught up in the optics of their lifestyle or what they do i think when you when you create a platform for yourself like that um you also open yourself up to being like uh criticized or nitpicked in terms of like your own being i think it's i hate to say it but i, I do think it's important to acknowledge that there are people who aren't even like what we would call good people or like there are people who have done things to the point of like losing themselves and their and the reasons they started something idealistically yeah um that are just so driven it's a means to an end they're like like, we have to get this done they had to do it at all costs yeah at all costs and so like i don't know i think it's interesting when and we talked about this in the last episode like uh with kobe bryant like he was so driven that he was like an asshole to kind of everyone like for a long time like there's so many stories of him being like rude like but like it was because he wanted to win so bad right and we covet these people in athletics that are like so driven that they lose themselves almost um because of what they did for the game or what they did for a sport right but suddenly when we are approaching like activism and social causes and all these things when someone is so driven that they lose sight of themselves or the cause that they're fighting for 
it like discredits all of the work that because they're doing. Because Jordan, when yeah. Kobe does it, he makes billions of dollars. Yeah. When an athlete and he makes does billions it, of dollars for other people. Right. Yeah. He has a Nike <laughs> shoe deal. Yeah. He has a fucking documentary series. He yeah. has. He's making millions for other people as well. Mm. Nobody values the activists because they don't bring monetary value right, to right. society. <laughs> if anything, they take monetary value away exactly, from society. Exactly. From those who are like in power, and so yeah, yeah it's it's it's. It's crazy. <laughs> it but, is. Um, but yeah, and even like a small tie back to mine and Blair's conversation that we had today that's going to be on this recording is that she was she just made a small mention that like so many that there's a school board meeting every single week and that parents are really participating. But that <laughs> means that they have to make sacrifices. They're missing games. They're missing homework with mm-hmm. their kids. They're doing these things because it's such an important cause at this point yeah but that is on such a small scale and i just think it's an important like it's a funny thing to point back on because i'm like these people are wanting to be active in their community Mm -hmm. and it is set up in such a way in our society that to be active in our community you have to actively not live your life Mm -hmm. you have to actively sacrifice something Mm -hmm. else and that's what makes it so hard for parents and people to be involved and get to where we are at with the school board because people couldn't pay attention the government the people who are in power, the people who are, have money, don't want you to pay attention and be involved. Right. They want you to be at your work shifts. They want you to be at your commitments. They mm-hmm. want you to be making money. Mm-hmm. So it's like there is such a sacrifice to pushing the pedal forward in society. Right. And it's an it's active a, thing. I think that's what I wanted to like like emphasize is like yeah. that idea of like things people doing things radically. Like it's just important to acknowledge that progress is an active thing and not something that will happen over well, it's time not on, linear a, on its own, right? Either. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, I don't know. Um I think with regards to like capitalism and labor and all these things, um my like favorite book right now was uh, a people's guide to capitalism. Yeah, uh, you gave me that so for my good. birthday. I gave you that for your birthday. Yeah, I think it's a good way of like approaching things like Marxism or uh, Leninism in a way that is a like approachable and like colloquial. Um, but it's also like I don't know. It's like you're taking a class where like someone takes a textbook or Makes theory and then suddenly is able to lecture you about yeah. it and like make it something that you can understand. Um, it's like really foundational. Um, I think it's really good to just expand our perspectives in general whether or not that's like something you subscribe to um but i also think it's like really important to understand like the historical context of why certain people are in power and certain people aren't and then also being able to take these ideas and ideals um from the past and apply them to our experiences today as well yeah and it's so important to get different perspectives because we all shape our reality based on our own personal experiences Mm -hmm. so you have to get out of your own fucking head and your own experiences to understand what's going on yeah okay but on a side note talking about oh god there's multiple things i want to tie into cody Mm -hmm. because he has his segment but i was also going to say that the thing that is so powerful sometimes about live music too, just to wrap it up with Maggie Rogers is that at the end of her show, she has this incredible song called like a different world or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she chose to partner with, uh, Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. and there was one other group. Um, I can see I their poster, th- yeah. but I can't name them right now. I can't name them either. Um, but she talked a lot about how, you know, there's just these moments you're on your phone and you're bogged down by life and you don't understand how to make a difference. And she was talking about how like this collective experience of being in that space and playing music for us and having us all together and to be around like-minded people and how powerful and important that is. And so definitely seek out those experiences yeah. because it's, it's, it really does push you forward and re-motivate you to like stick to who you are as a person, what you care about mm-hmm. and be with people who you fucking care about. Yeah. 
so do it and speaking of being with people you care about cody's back with his housewives and i think that's probably the people he cares about most (laughs) so (laughs) let's get into it steph i missed you i miss you so much i didn't like last week it was scary i was i was terrified <laughs> you were naked and afraid i was you know? naked and afraid <laughs> um i'm glad to be back in the recording studio with you well not really no we're in my disgustingly messy house right now i just got a sneak peek at all of your beautiful pieces that for that will be for sale on march 8th at topa and on thompson yes from 6 to 9 p.m. Yes. And let me tell you guys, there's one lamp I have an eye on, so watch it. Watch out. You better get there at 6 if you want a lamp. On God, though, you guys, really beautiful stuff. Thank you. Really on God. beautiful stuff. And you're such a religious person that I think that people take that sentiment yeah. you just said on God very seriously. And I, I know you hate when I do this for kind real, of for thing, real. but today's sunday it's god's day it is we should be resting but we are sinning can you pause oh pause i haven't said that in a while i love that you're still bossing me around sorry that we're back (laughs) um all right well the real housewives ultimate girls trip trailer for season three this cat i'm sorry she's playing with me the cat is a part of the recording today and she's trying to take off cody's headphones so bobby jetski the cat doesn't care about this trailer because neither do i everyone just skip this season who cares about real housewives ultimate girls trip three in thailand with the most boring cast of all time you're not into it no i'm so excited for the fourth season which is just like the season, the season three is going to suck, mark my words, and season four is going to be a killer. That's the one where Brandy got sent home oh. for grabbing Caroline Manzo's vagina. Oh, grabbed um, her by the, you know what, I guess. Huh? Dorit from Beverly Hills dyed her hair brown, and she has a very intensive spray tan going on. People are calling her Doriana Grande because she looks like Ariana Grande now. Oh, that's a good nickname. And, and between her fake accent and now her... What appears to be skin darkening and hair darkening, Dorit, you're walking on thin line. You're walking you're on thin the line? line? You're walking on thin ice? I'm having an aneurysm. You're walking on thin line. I'm turning into Hilaria Baldwin. I feel like... <laughs> Dorit, you're walking on thin line. You haven't been on the podcast in a while, so you're losing your... <sighs> Good God. Um, Drew and Ralph from Atlanta split. Thank God. Oh. Ralph is a piece of shit, and Drew... You deserve so much better. Tom and Ariana split, split from Vanderpump Rules. If you have any questions about that, DM Kaylee. Because I don't watch that show. Okay. Um, I've always liked Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. Anyways. She's a, she's a great TV. Um, I'm only speaking about Real Housewives in New Jersey this week because I'm so into it. The new housewife, Danielle, I was watching it with Kaylee and I was like, why does this chick look so familiar? Where is she from? It was driving us crazy. Come to find out she was on True Life. I'm a Staten Island girl. Amazing. Back in the day. And now she's a real housewife. Well, that's perfect, right? It's perfect. It's a good gateway. She's perfect. I love her. Um, This season, Teresa's getting married and it's leading up to that big wedding with the big hair. And it's getting me excited because the whole season is about wedding planning and you have a wedding coming up. And my dad has a wedding coming up. So I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I just, and I'm rooting for Teresa and Louie because I think Louie's good for her. Good. He's a red lobster. Literally, he's red all the time, but he's, he calms her down and I think she needs him. And that's right. Cause on that franchise, you get to see more of the husbands, <laughs> right? Oh, God, this cat drama. Sorry. That was a really severe reaction. No, she is severe. Uh, but the housewives on New Jersey, the men get more of a role. So you get to know them better, huh? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know Teresa like I know the back of my hand at this point. 
right? She's been with me since like 2007. That's and a long time. Long time. And I've seen her with some shitty people like Joe Judice. And I'm so happy she has this really nice guy. They all think he's shady and weird because they're all from Jersey. He kind of has California energy. He is oh. a Jersey boy. He has the accent. But like he goes to wellness retreats and he meditates and he does affirmations. I'm like, this is just a Joe Schmo in Ojai. This is just yeah. like a regular person. You know what I mean? 100%. And it freaks them out because they're like, why is he saying he needs to be like holding himself accountable? What does that even mean? And I'm like, oh my God. You know, like it's just, I think he's a good guy and he always like calms her down and makes her think things through before she reacts, which is precisely what she needs. Yeah, everyone needs that. I'm so tired of her brother, Joe. I'm so tired of her sister in law, Melissa. And I refer to them as that. Yes, she is a main real housewife, but I refer to her as Teresa's sister-in-law because that's all she has been. It's all she ever will be. Talk about boring. Boring. She can't bring it herself. They're so mean to She's Teresa. She's riding coattails. Exactly. They're so mean to Teresa. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, tell that to Bobby Jetsky. Bobby clawed the shit out of my leg. It's my fault, though. I was trying to push her off you. Hey, we went to the Duchess this morning. Totally worth the line. The line was huge, and I'm happy with what totally I got. Totally worth it. Delicious. Totally worth it. All right, Steph. I love you. Thank I you for coming you. on. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Bye. Bye. Cody, Cody, Cody. Did you listen to his last segment on the last yet. episode? No, I haven't listened to the last episode. He was like yet. naked and afraid, you know? He was all alone. <laughs> it was great. It was really funny. Was he raw as a cucumber? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly (laughs) exactly um okay jordan has a great event he wants to talk about oh yeah um it's not my event it is put on by the wonderful fantastic passionate talented principled lovely um chelsea wyatt yes and chelsea Chelsea. has become such a leader here in this community Mm -hmm. too she has put on an incredible protest before on Mm fourth of july and i don't know it's just it's so cool to watch someone's like growth and be welcomed into the community and put themselves out there in the way that she has and also by doing that bringing people together and creating space for artists like myself to showcase things and uplift other people yeah speaking of like people doing radical things um and people bringing collective like minds together like she's one of them um Chelsea is putting on an International Women's Day event at Topa Topa. Um, it's going to be on March 8th, which is this coming Wednesday. Um, there's going to be a lot of makers like Steph um, there um, selling their goods. They're all woman-owned businesses yeah. um, or makers that, that are local, which is super rad. We've got a couple bands, I think, yes. um, as well playing. We'll and we're going to be donating 10% um, of the day's revenue to... Um, I believe the global Women women's fund. fund. Um, and so it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm excited for it. It's, it's growing. And there's also an event at Camarillo happening in the, in the earlier day. I think it starts at three. Okay. And so one can go to Camarillo Topa. Yeah. All weekend and really. Then, and then there's yeah, an then art show at Colt street on Saturday or Friday. I think it opens um, on Friday, but yeah. it goes through and then there's a sale on the 18th. Okay. So it's just I understand. a lot of really cool ways to, um, to support women, to, um, just enjoy their creativity as well. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for Wednesday. I'm really excited and terrified. I have so <laughs> much to do. It's insane. I have so much to do. 
but it's exciting it's i'm super stoked so come see me you don't have to purchase anything to support just come be happy and nice yeah. and say hello and maybe have a beer because uh, it's for a good cause we also are releasing um a women's day ipa we do every year mm-hmm. and it's so cool i've always geeked out about the pink boot society it helps uh you know women in the brewery zone become more successful and reach their goals because it's such a male dominated Mm -hmm. like every other thing but you know (laughs) what are you gonna do we're gonna make fucking our best beer and do our best (laughs) uh so come out and see us i think we're all gonna be there yeah i think i i bet the whole topa talk crew will be there at Uh, some point 100 percent. yeah um so that'll be really fun and you know, this is another long one, guys. Thanks for hanging on. <laughs> like, rate, subscribe, all that jazz. We love you so much. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye. Beep. Beep. Beep.